0: chapter five of the nest of the sparrowhawk by emma orksey this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by dion gines Lake city utah the legal aspect mistress de chavasse sat musing in that high-backed chair for some considerable time anon sir marmaduke once more traversed the hall taking no heed of her as he went out into the garden she watched his broad figure moving along the path and then crossing the rustic bridge until it disappeared among the trees of the park there was something about his attitude of a while ago which puzzled her and with puzzlement came an inexplicable fear she had known marmaduke in all his moods but never in such an one as he had displayed before her just now there had been a note almost of triumph in the laughter with which he had greeted her last reproach the cry of the sparrow-hawk when it seizes its prey triumph in sir marmaduke filled her with dread no one knew better than she did the hopeless condition of his financial status debt prison perhaps was waiting for him at every turn yet he seemed triumphant she knew him to have reached those confines of irritability and rebellion against poverty which would cause him to shrink from nothing for the sake of gaining money, yet he seemed triumphant. Instinctively she shuddered as she thought of Sue. She had no cause to like the girl, yet would she not wish to see her come to harm. She did not dare avow even to herself the conviction which she had that if Sir Marmaduke could gain anything by the young girl's death he would not hesitate to nay she would not even frame that thought marmaduke had been kind to her she could but hope that temptation such as that would never come his way hymn of praise busy broke in on her meditations his nasal tones which had a singular knack of irritating her as a rule struck quite pleasingly on her ear as a welcome interruption to the conflict of her thoughts master skiffington ma'am he said in his usual drawly voice he is on his way to dover and desired his respects and you wish to see him yes yes i'll see master skiffington she said with alacrity rising from her chair go apprise sir marmaduke and ask master skiffington to come within she was all agitation now eager excited and herself went forward to meet the quaint little wizened figure which appeared in the doorway master skiffington attorney-at-law was small and thin looked doubly so in fact In the black clothes which he wore his eyes were blue and watery his manner peculiarly diffident he seemed to present a perpetual apology to the world for his own existence therein even now as mistress de chavasse seemed really overjoyed to see him he backed his meager person out of the doorway as she approached whereupon she impatiently clutched his arm and dragged him forward into the hall sit down there master she said speaking with obvious agitation and almost pushing the poor little man off his feet whilst dragging him to a chair sir marmaduke will see you anon but twas a kind thought to come and bring me news hem hem stammered master skiffington i that is hem i left canterbury this morning and was on my way to dover hem this lies on my way ma'am and yes yes she said impatiently but you have some news of course news news he muttered apologetically and clutching at his collar, which seemed to be choking him what news er i pray you ma'am what clue she insisted it was very slight he stammered and it led to naught alas her eagerness vanished she sank back into her chair and moaned my last hope she said dully nay nay rejoined master skiffington quite cheerfully his courage seemingly having risen with her despair we must not be despondent the noble earl of Northallerton hath interested himself of late in the surge, and—but she shrugged her shoulders, whilst a short, bitter laugh escaped her lips. At last, she said with biting sarcasm, after twelve years, Nay, but remember, ma'am, that his lordship now is very ill, and nigh on seventy years old, failing your late husband master roland whom the lord hath in his keeping your eldest son is hem that is by law ma'am and with all respect due to sir marmaduke your eldest son is heir to the earldom and though his lordship hates me he still prefers that my son should succeed to his title rather than sir marmaduke whom he abhors but that suggestion was altogether too much for poor master skiffington's sense of what was due to so noble a family and to its exalted head that is er he muttered in supreme discomfort swallowing great gulps which rose to his throat at this rash and disrespectful speech from the ex actress family feuds ham, er, very distressing of a truth and that is i fear me his lordship will be disappointed she rejoined quite heedless of the little attorney's perturbation and that under these circumstances sir marmaduke will surely succeed i was about to remark he rejoined that now with my lord's help his wealth and influence now that is that he has interested himself in the matter hum we might make fresh inquiries that is er it will be useless master i have done all that is humanly possible i loved my boys dearly and it was because of my love for them that i placed them under my mother's care i loved them you understand but i was living in a gay world in london my husband was dead i could do not for their comfort i thought it would be best for them it was her turn now to speak humbly almost apologetically whilst her eyes sought those of the simple little attorney trying to read approval in his glance or at any rate an absence of reproof he was shaking his head sighing with visible embarrassment the while in his innermost soul he could find no excuse for the frivolous mother anxious to avoid the responsibilities which the lord himself had put upon her anxious to be rid of her children in order that she might pursue with greater freedom and ease that life of enjoyment and thoughtlessness which she craved my mother was a strange woman continued mistress de chavasse earnestly and placing her small white hand on the black sleeve of the attorney she cared little enough for me and not at all for london and for society she did not understand the many duties that devolve on a woman of fashion and i was that in those days twenty years ago ah truly truly sighed master skiffington mayhap she acted according to her own lights after some years she became a convert to that strange new faith of the people who call themselves friends who salute no one with the hat and who talk so strangely saying thee and thou even when addressing their betters One George Fox had a great hold on her. He was quite a youth then, but she thought him a saint. Tis he, methinks, poisoned her mind against me, and caused her to curse me on her deathbed. She gave a little shudder of superstition, perhaps. The maternal curse, she felt, was mayhap bearing fruit after all master skiffington's watery eyes expressed gentle sympathy his calling had taught him many of the hidden secrets of human nature and of life he guessed that the time if not already here was nigh at hand when this unfortunate woman would realize the emptiness of her life and would begin to reap the bitter harvest of the barren seeds which she had sown ay i lay it all at the door of these friends who turned a mother's heart against her own daughter continued mistress de chavasse vehemently she never told me that she was sick sent me neither letter nor message only after her death a curt note came to me writ in her hand entrusted to one of her own co-worshippers a canting Mouthing creature who grinned whilst i read the heartless message my mother had sent her grandchildren away so she told me in the letter when she felt that the lord was calling her to him she had placed my boys my boys master in the care of a trusted friend who would bring them up in the fear of god away from the influence of their mother my boys master remember they were to be brought up in ignorance of their name of the very existence of their mother the friend doubtless a fellow quaker had agreed to this on my mother's deathbed. bed hum tis passing strange and passing sad said the attorney with real sympathy now, for there was a pathetic note of acute sorrow in Mistress de Chavasse's voice. But at the time, hum, and with money and influence, hum, much might have been done. Ah, believe me, Master, I did what I could. I was in London then. I flew to Canterbury, where my mother lived. I found her dead, and the boys gone none of the neighbours could tell me whither all they knew was that a woman had been living with my mother of late and had gone away taking the boys with her my boys master and no one could tell me whither they had gone i spent what money i had and sir marmaduke nobly bore his share in the cost of a ceaseless search as the earl of northallerton would do nothing then to help me passing strange passing sad murmured master skiffington shaking his head but methinks i recollect hum some six years ago a quest which led to a clue or that is two young gentlemen impostors master she rejoined ay I, I have heard of many such since then at first i used to believe their stories At first, he ejaculated in amazement, but surely, hum, the faces, your own sons, ma'am. Ah, the faces, she said, whilst a blush of embarrassment, even of shame, now suffused her pale cheeks. I mean, you understand, I, I had not seen my boys since they were babes in arms. They were ten years old when they were taken away. But but it is nigh on twenty-two years since i have set eyes on their faces i would not know them if they passed me by tears choked her voice shame had added its bitter sting to the agony of her sorrow of a truth it was a terrible epilogue of misery following on a life-story of frivolity and of heartlessness which mistress de chavasse had almost unconsciously related to the poor ignorant country attorney desirous at all costs of retaining her freedom she had parted from her children with a light heart glad enough that their grandmother was willing to relieve her of all responsibility time slipped by whilst she enjoyed herself danced and flirted gambled and played her part in that world of sport and fashion wherein a mother's heart was an unnecessary commodity ten years are a long while in the life of an old woman who lives in a remote country town and sees death approaching with slow yet certain stride but that same decade is but as a fleeting hour to the woman who is young and who lives for the moment the boys had been forgotten long ere they disappeared forgotten perhaps not but their memory put away in a hidden cell of the mind where other inconvenient thoughts were stored only to be released and gazed upon when other more agreeable ones had ceased to fill the brain she felt humbled Before this simple-minded man, whom she knew she had shocked by the recital of her callousness, with innate gentleness of disposition, he tried to hide his feelings and to set aside the subject for the moment. Sir Marmaduke was very disinterested when he aided you in the quest, he said meekly, glad to be able to praise one whom he felt it was his duty to respect for under present circumstances hem, i will raise no difficulties in sir marmaduke's way she rejoined there is no doubt in my mind that my boys are dead else i had had news of them ere this he looked at her keenly as keenly as he dared with his mild blue eyes it was hard to keep in sympathy with her her moods seemed to change as she spoke of her boys and then of sir marmaduke her last remark seemed to argue that her callousness with regard to her sons had not entirely yielded to softer emotions yet in case of my lord northallerton's death she continued lightly i shall not put in a claim on behalf of any son of mine whereupon Sir Marmaduke, as next of kin, would have the enjoyment of the revenues, and mayhap would have influence enough then to make good his claim to the title before the House of Lords. He checked himself, looked furtively round, and added, Provided it please God and my Lord Protector that the House of Lords come back to Westminster by that time i thank you master said mistress de chavasse rising from her chair intimating that this interview was now over you have told me all that i wish to know let me assure you that i will not prove ungrateful your services will be amply repaid by whomever succeeds to the title and revenues of Northallerton. did you wish to see sir marmaduke i thank you mistress not to-day replied master skiffington somewhat dryly the lady's promises had not roused his enthusiasm he would have preferred to see more definite reward for his labors for he had worked faithfully and was substantially out of pocket in this quest after the two missing young men but he was imbued with that deep respect for the family he had served all his life which no conflict between privilege and people would ever eradicate and though mistress de chavasse's origin was of the humblest she was nevertheless herself now within the magic circle into which master skiffington never gazed except with the deepest reverence he thought it quite natural that she should dismiss him with a curt and condescending nod and when she had swept majestically out of the room he made his way humbly across the hall then by the garden door out towards the tumble-down barn where he had tethered his old mare master courage helped him to mount and he rode away in the direction of the dover road his head bent his thoughts dwelling in puzzlement and wonder on the strange doings of those whom he still reverently called his betters chapter five